All right, so we're talking about this liberal housing plan that was announced this week. You probably heard it. They've basically pulled a decades-old plan off the shelf to try and, you know, give it a refresh, give it an update, and use it to tackle the current housing crisis that we're facing in Canada right now. Back in the 40s, following the Second World War, a program was implemented that essentially provided builders um, a catalog of standardized, pre-approved housing blueprints. Right. The minister in charge said that back in the day, uh, many of these wartime homes could be put up in 36 hours. A lot of there was modular construction. There was a lot of things that were going on. And a lot of these homes are still there today. They call them strawberry box homes. Okay. Or victory homes. And you'll see them. You see them in Edmonton. You see them in Calgary. They're all around the country. Basically think of it's a box with a pretty sloped roof on the top, about 900 square feet. Those are the houses that we're talking about. Those are your strawberry box houses, okay? And they were built all over the country, right up till the 1970s in some places. And and a lot of these homes, as I say, still stand all across the country right now. Um, hundreds of thousands of them were built. Um, and then things moved away from that program, and we came into a more individualized system in some ways. Although, you know, if you take a look, a lot of subdivisions, it's pretty hard to tell how the houses are different. They look like one and the same. But, you know, there, there's all kinds of different housing plans that have come in. Um, and, and it takes infinitely longer. There was a company that Global spoke to out of Calgary that does modular home construction that was saying, you know, every home we build now, they call it a snowflake. They're all individual. They're all different. Uh, and that takes time. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it takes time. So in the situation that we're in now, which people are calling a crisis, we don't have time. We need to do this quickly. So if you can build a home in 36 hours, and again, that's pretty mind-blowing. I'd like to see how that happened. But um, And this was back in the 40s and 50s. If we can copy some of that success to the modern-day situation, why wouldn't we want to do it? Um, Mike Moffitt uh, from the Smart Prosperity Institute is the one who pitched this identical idea to the federal government back in the summertime and said, listen, we've done this before. We could do it again. Um, he estimates that this could cut down on the construction of units by 12 months in some instances. All sounds pretty good, right? So will it help? You know, one of the big issues we have is around rental units. This would help in that area, according to what the government's talking about, at least. So let's find out what some of the people who live in this world think about it. We're going to chat with Shaman Qureshi, who's president and CEO of Hope Street. Shaman, thanks for joining us again. Always appreciate your time. Hello. Thank you. This plan, uh, it's it's more than just blueprints. We're, I mean, we're talking about zoning, municipal approval, design. All of that would sort of be rolled into this and say, hey, listen, if you're building one of these units, all that's taken care of. Get after it. Um, makes sense to me. Does it make sense to you? Do you think it'll work? Well, it does. Um, I think that we have to kind of take a wait-and-see approach. Uh, certainly, the, the preliminary response from industry is is sort of muted in the sense that we don't actually have sort of a fixed policy being rolled out. Um, the minister merely said that this is something they're open to and they're going to um, presumably commission a in-depth kind of study into exactly whether or not this is something that will work. Um, we know that there, as you as you said, there's tens of thousands of these things. And, um, you know, if you're in Edmonton, that, that sort of area by the university, Strathcona, all the way over yeah. to maybe Bonnie Doon. They're yeah. just everywhere. And they are. Calgary, um, you know, similar neighborhoods. Kensington area has a ton of them. Um, and it was before my time. But from what I understand, a lot of these wartime homes were actually built by the returning soldiers that came back. Um, and these folks would be digging holes with their wheelbarrows. They'd be pouring the cement and they'd be getting together to attach the sort of modular pieces that came in the mail. Um, 
So it kind of remains to be seen exactly how they're going to um, apply that to a modern day kind of uh, perspective, particularly with uh, some of the zoning and development controls that have evolved considerably yeah. since then. You're right. And, and you make such an important point about the, the modular aspect to it. And we've moved away from that a lot. I, I, we don't do that the way that we used to, but I know there's some modular companies, one in Calgary, like I say, that Global News spoke to that say, this is fantastic and th- they're ready to go. There are some provisions for that. I mean, if we're going to go back to that plan, that's going to have to be part of the current plan, and that's smart, right? Indeed, yeah. Um, and, you know, the minister used a lot of very interesting language in the actual announcement during his conference. Um, there was uh, talk about using 3D printed parts. There yeah. was panelization. Um, they're talking about... Um, mass um, wood and and, um, processing and that kind of thing. So it does indeed seem like uh, the process of getting the the parts um, from the factories and um, installed onto the actual ground is sort of central to um, uh, what it is that that they're trying to accomplish here. Um, But it all sort of makes sense, you know. Um, There's definitely a huge need for housing, particularly in that affordable sort of sector. Um, they're open to multiplexes, fourplexes, eightplexes, small apartments, all of that. And, and it does indeed look like a, um, a solution is on the way. Um, part of the plan that the minister was talking about here, and I, I you know what, I, I haven't looked at the plan from the 40s and 50s, and I don't know how much of a component it was in that plan, if it was at all, because we talk about those strawberry box homes, but he was talking about multiplexes, some multi-rise apartment buildings, student housing, garden suites, laneway homes, all of these will be part of the catalog of pre-approved build designs. That's really what we're talking about here, right, Shaman? That's where we need to be focused on, not just building more homes necessarily, but different varieties and multi-family homes right well indeed it's um it's an economy of scale kind of thing um similarly um from the perspective of industry and and a lot of the landlords that i represent um, we just constantly constantly hear about regulatory approval issues permitting issues uh and the frustrations that kind of go along with with dealing with city hall and that sort of process so when you think about it, if there's only eight or six or maybe 12 different designs that um, one could choose from with this wartime initiative, um, the assumption is that the folks at the city hall and the regulatory uh, departments will be able to say, well, we've approved these enough times to know exactly what we're getting into. And as a result, um, you know, that uh, that turnaround time with any luck will um, will be greatly reduced. Um, we certainly hear issues of construction capacity mm-hmm. um, all the time, but we have to remember that half of that isn't actually construction capacity issues. It's regulatory issues, yes. and, and I bet you there isn't a builder in our province that wouldn't say um, they find the, the regulatory process and the permitting process and the inspection process to be onerous. You are so right. And I think, you know, there's no doubt whenever we talk about this, I hear from builders and and other people who say, yeah, one of our biggest issues is just trying to get approvals and it can take months in some cases. But you do make a really good point in terms of this doesn't solve the other issues that have been barriers to addressing the housing crisis, which is labor shortage. Like who's going to build these homes? Um, You know, the high cost of financing that we have right now, the government's done some work around there, but this isn't a cure-all, right? I mean, this helps one big area, Shaman, but there's other ones 
ones that need to be addressed too. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, and when you think about it, the nature of a, of, a, of a home that's been put together quickly by design um, does kind of lend itself to, to raising some questions about uh, structural and, and building and, and um, those types of issues that might come up. Um, you know, if we're used to spending eight or 12 months to build a property and all of a sudden we can do it in considerably less time than that, um, you know, the folks, the families that are living in these houses might have some legitimate concerns about how quickly their home was built, how long it's going to last, how safe it is, and so on. So it's a fine balance. And indeed, there's the idea that we want to speed up a lot of that sort of regulatory uh, red tape. Um, but I think for the most part, the builders and the, the landlords and the homeowners recognize that there is indeed a, a role um, for that sort of regulatory process. And, and the trick will be for the feds to try to work out a uh, fine balance. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, and also the, the balance and part of this is I mean, it's supply and demand, really, if you break it right down. So this this sort of deals with the supply side of it. But the minister also yesterday talking about, you know what, we may have to look at reducing international students, temporary foreign workers to help address this crisis. That, too, makes sense to me, Shaming, because if you're going to address the supply side of this equation, you got to look at the demand side, too. Right. And, you know, there was a million people that came to this country last year. If you include temporary foreign workers and international students, they do need to live somewhere. So if you want to alleviate the housing pressure, you know, like it or not, that may be something you have to consider. Well, that's certainly um, certainly something that's been floating around. And um, it, it is indeed nice to see that the uh, the folks in charge in Ottawa are kind of looking at all of the different options. Um, that being said, you know, the, uh, uh, the argument in favor of increasing the um, immigration numbers is definitely there. And, and I feel like that's sort of a philosophical debate that's above my pay grade. But um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, this is definitely a way to contribute to uh, the increased supply, which uh, I think on all accounts by all opinions is a huge problem in Alberta right now. Yeah, give us an update just before I let you go. You make a good point. Where are we? Because uh, last time we chatted, it was was not good, and I imagine it's only gotten worse, right? Yeah. Well, um, the um, the rental business continues to be very tight. Um, almost every builder that I've talked to in the last few months is is working at full steam, and it just seems like we can't build houses fast enough. Uh, prices are going up. Um, builders and, and the owners are finding ways of dealing with, with some of the inflationary pressures and so on. And um, often that means passing it along, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And we've seen that. And then we, there was a report out yesterday that Calgary and Edmonton are now right basically on par with uh, Toronto and Vancouver when it comes to cost of living. So uh, it, it's happening out there. There's no doubt about it. Um, Shaman, thank you so much for being here again today. I do appreciate your time.